Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 8th of October 2017, entitled, Being a Core Christian. And the Bible reading is taken from Acts chapter 11, verse 26. Here's brother Alex Fleurier. I would use all my seven pages of notes. Don't worry, it's not that long. Uh, actually, it's a great privilege for me to be here in front of us and to have the opportunity to share uh, what God put on my heart and how he worked in my life to share this with you. Now, if you don't like anything what I say, well, don't blame me. It's Rod Larry. He actually asked me to do this, so deal with with that with with him when he comes back. Uh, And actually, I'm going to be very short. Uh, I know it's a glimpse of hope and joy when a preacher is saying that Uh, they're going to be short. So that's the good news. The bad news is that I'm not a preacher, so I don't know what that's going to be. Maybe my short one will be a lot longer or whatever. Um, But I do need to pray a bit now. Um, Father, I thank you for this morning. Thank you for allowing me to be here and to share your word with um, my church family here. And please, God, open our heart and help us to... uh, have an open heart and mind to receive your your word. Please, God, give me strength and clarity to be able to share what you gave me and you put on my heart to share with them this morning. In your name I pray. Amen. Okay. So, yeah, please forgive me. I will use these. I'll probably stop and try to get back wherever I was. Um, and I'll read my Bible verses from here as well. Um, now, because it's not a traditional sermon preaching service, it will be more interactive. So I would want you to be involved as well. I'll ask you to raise hands or to read some Bible verses. So please, let's work together. Now, I was keep trying to see from kind of to choose from what God put on my heart. What what does he really want to share? And there were things that I could share with you about maybe I don't know, learning how to plan from Jesus and Solomon or talk about the overlook question, what is God will for my life or to actually look at the who the real Jesus was and is. But I believe something God wants me to share something with you that he dealt with me personally and I learned recently kind of this this summer. And this is how to be a core Christian. Well, or better said, maybe five characteristics, if you want, of a core Christian. Well, what does this even mean? Or what do I mean by this? Well, what I mean by a core Christian, I mean a real Christian, as those Christians in the first century, they used to be. And as it's here said in Acts eleven twenty six, And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that all year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. I don't know how many of you know the story, but they were called named Christians there, but not in a good way. It was a mocking word for them, actually, by those people there. They were like, okay, these Christians, those little Christ, those followers, like that Christ that was, he just died a few years ago and he did what he did. It was just uh, whatever. So it, this was a bad name. So our Christian name, it, it came from a bad connotation. So 
probably you've heard this before, but now what I mean by a core Christian, it's actually a Christian like they used to be, and that it's active, devoted, and alive. A Christian that is fulfilling the Great Commission. Who knows where we find the Great Commission in the Bible? Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Can you quote that in English for me or? Okay, I'll try to read it in English then. Um, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And yo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. These are Jesus' words for us. And this is the Great Commission. Go and share the gospel, the good news about the salvation, the good news about Jesus and what he did and who he is. Now, to be a core Christian, first, we need to be a Christian. We're not going to necessarily talk about this, but if you are not a Christian, which means if you didn't repent of your sins and you didn't put your trust in Jesus Christ and you don't know what he actually did for you, please don't leave here this morning before you talk to maybe the person that invited you or to Brother Alexander or to pretty much anyone here in the church, they most likely can show you in the Bible. But now what will be the first characteristic or what will be for us as a Christian, like a nowadays Christian, what we should should do. So the first one um, would be to read the Bible. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 11. I'm going to read this in English, but I'm going to tell you the Romanian version as well, which is slightly different, which is the one I thought of when I this verse came to me. So this, this verse in English saying, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin, not sin against thee. In Romanian, it's saying pretty much, I am gathering your word in my heart, so I will not sin against thee. Okay, so why should we read the Bible? Because it's in the Bible. We should read the Bible. It said in the Bible, these are just two verses that are telling us about this, but there are many other verses advising us, even maybe like apostles, they were maybe commanding to those churches to read God's word and to keep what, what they thought. Now I'm going to ask you something. Um, how many of us were reading the Bible every day? And how many of us were reading four or five chapters a day? Could we raise our hand for five or four chapters? Okay. Two, three chapters? One chapter and five verses. Okay. So at least five verses, between five verses and a chapter. Okay. Um, well, this is just, uh, this is more for our records. Obviously, we didn't read our hand, raise our hand. But when I first thought about those, it's like, okay, how many chapters do I read a day? Or how, many, how much time do I spend in God's Word? And those questions were very embarrassing to me. It's like, I read a chapter a day, or sometimes less. Um, I don't want to embarrass you here, but that's how Holy Spirit touched my heart and pointed that dirty spot on, or that imperfection, let's say, in my in my heart. Well, you know that 
if we were to read two chapters each day, we would finish the whole Bible in nearly two years. That's two chapters a day. And how long that takes? About five minutes a day or 10, if you're kind of dyslexic like me a bit. Um, so would you put five minutes a day in reading the scripture? We're going to talk about this in just a bit later. But first, I want to maybe reiterate why is this important? Well, as a Christian, a child of God, this is the only way we can learn how to be more like him. This way we speak, this way God speaks to us. This is a way that we grow and is the main source of spiritual food. We've probably heard this illustration with like, okay, we eat three times a day, then we should read the Bible as well, or at least once every day, which is a good illustration. Like, yeah, we eat three times a day. How many times we eat spiritually? Well, once a day, none a day, or five minutes a day or less. But this is how it should be with our spiritual food. This is a good illustration, but in my life and other Christians' life, Satan can use this to put us down. He can make you feel guilty, useless, or incapable. You know why? Because you're setting those goals to yourself, and especially if you're a teenager. That's what I struggled with when I was a teenager uh, and other Christian friends were trying to set this goal of like having our devotion every day and, well, Oh, we thought devotion was read five minutes of the Bible and pray two minutes and that was devotion. And still many Christians today here believe this is, uh, this is devotion and this is Christian life and spiritual life. Yeah, today, in case you notice, we're going to be very practical. I'm going to use examples from the Bible and from how God worked to my, in my life this, this year mainly. And this is not really, really devotion. And what, how can Satan use this against us? It's like if for some reason you cannot accomplish those, you're going to make you feel guilty, useless. It's like, well, you haven't written three days. What's an extra day? And wherever. And then after you grow up and I manage to get myself into a schedule, into a routine, guess what? Satan comes again and gets what he's doing. He's making a routine out of it. So you read the Bible, you wake up, you have this morning reading or evening or wherever it is or five, 10, even half an hour or wherever, and you just check it and your brain is trying to lie to yourself, to lie to you that you did your devotion, you did your Christian duty, oh, that's it, you're a good Christian, all good. So what am I trying to say here that we shouldn't read it or we should, or if Satan kind of can use it, which way then, what should we do? Well, what God showed me and it worked in my life and in other Christian life as well, because I'm not the first one who, who tried this, it's this following example, and let me try to explain it to you. Okay, yes, and here I have a verse actually for this, for Satan making this a routine, and it's James 1, uh, verse 22. But be ye doers of the word, not and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. That's what Bible is saying. Well, you have to, is the correct verse? James 1, verse 22. Okay. So pretty much it's here in the Bible as well as like, well, you're reading, you're just listening, you're wherever, you're deceiving yourself basically if you don't do anything. But I found this other example much more effective in my life. 
and that is comparing our spiritual life with your body workout. And let me explain you how. When you go to the gym, usually go usually don't go every day. You go maybe every other day or three times a week, right? And why is that? Because your body needs some time to recover, the muscles they need to build. So you go to gym, you work out intensely for an hour, an hour and a half. And when you go, you actually go there to work. So, okay, I'm not talking about those people who just go there to check in on Facebook, have a little bit of warm up and then go home. That's not, that's not working out and that's not going there with a purpose. But you actually go to the gym to, with a purpose. It's either you want to change the way you look or to change uh, your health or to improve your health or you're probably preparing for some competition or something. So you go there for an hour and an hour and a half and you work really, really hard. You focus, you put 100% focus in what you're doing and you know exactly what you should do. You try always to improve yourself. It's like maximum concentration on the workout you're doing. It's an hour or an hour and a half. And after that, in a month, in two months, your family and friends will be like, oh, he looks different. He first behaves different because if our body is healthier, we're going to behave different. So he first behaves different and looks different as well. So it's exactly the same with our spiritual life. Okay, this probably, I don't know if you heard this before. This, it's, it's working for me. I'm having this spiritual workout every other day or every three days of about an hour or an hour and a half where you're spending time studying, actually studying the word of God and trying to improve and trying to see what actually God wants to tell you. And if we look at a week, if we have 10 minutes every day, that's what, 70 minutes a day. But if we do the intense workout, we have an intense Bible study of four hours and a half every other day or three times a week. I challenge you to try this if it, it should, I mean, it's not, it should, I can guarantee it will give you results and you'll be a lot more fit spiritually. Now, this is called, this is kind of the second one, but I put it as one A, this is one B. This is reading Christian books. So um, we have another Bible verse here, actually a few verses, and I want someone to read for me, please. Proverbs 7, 1 to 3. Okay. He's talking about God's word, God's uh, kind of principles and Bible doctrine, and it's not just a Bible. Christian books. Now, I'm going to ask you again. How many of you read at least one Christian book this year? Can put their hand up. Okay, one. Anyone? Two? Okay. Three or more? Okay. So it's good that I, I saw quite a few hands. We, we read one Christian book, at least this year, and it's really, really good. Um, I started doing this, I think, two years ago, and yes, I do see a change in my life and again it's not just my life I see this in other people's life as well and now just uh, another kind of breakdown of the big book thing you know that if you're actually reading about 10 pages a day which is wherever how long it's going to take you to do that 15 minutes or less um, that means an average of a, one book per month 
So then next year, we're going to ask the question, okay, who read 10 Christian books this year? And probably everybody will raise their hands. And then, okay, 15, maybe half of us, then 20 or more, and maybe just a few of us. Because it's one book a month. I don't know how much that is for you. It's about, yeah, whatever, 10, 15 minutes a day. And why we should do this? And why I believe this is important? Well, it's because it works. Reading Christian books will give you ideas, will put things in perspective for you, perspective you've never thought of before, will unlock, if you want, uh, new and more in-depth ways of thinking about certain aspects of Christian life, about your Christian life. You will get, you will now actually, um, you'll get to know who actually Jesus was and is. And the most beautiful part of all this is like, it's, it's you will start making decisions and draw conclusions based on your, your own will and your, and your own understanding. And the Holy Spirit, now that there is some information he can move around, he will and he will use to guide your steps and to guide your life. Not like before, when there is not much he can work with and God always need to speak to you through either a preacher or someone else or some either events in your life or something like that. Um, and this is good, but this is good for baby Christians. We cannot only have God and the Holy Spirit speaking to us through someone else. That is food for babies. That food is already chewed by the preacher and it's given to us to eat. I don't know if you're, if young mothers still do this here, but in Romania, sometimes when it's a piece of meat or something a bit harder, they want to feed the baby with, well, not one, two months baby, let's say a few months or a year. Um, sometimes the mom chews a little bit the food and then they feed the baby. Sounds maybe weird, but this, it, it happens sometimes. It's not like a way of doing, but sometimes happens. So this is what basically happens to us when we only feed ourselves with like already two messages, two doctrine, already uh, thought through by someone else, which is good. We need that in order to survive, but that way we'll never grow. Well, it's impossible. And it's in the Bible as well. We're going to look at the verse in just a bit, but just picture yourself. You're in your 20s, 30s, wherever, and your parents, that's how they feed you. You're still living with your parents, okay? And... Your mom, just imagine, she has a nice piece of chicken wherever she starts chewing and kind of starting to eat this food, but she's actually spitting back out and she's giving it to you. This would be funny, gross, ridiculous, but let's say if for some reason something really happens to you and you need that kind of thing, you will have some sort of chewed food, but that's not normal. Let's say after two years of being a Christian, it's is it normal for you to still eat only already chewed food by a pastor or a whatever teen leader or whoever it is it's a bit odd and yeah now the verse that it's talking about is actually in hebrews 5 12 and 14 and it's saying that um for when for the time ye ought to be teachers ye have need that one teach you again which 
be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such have needed need of milk and not of strong meat for everyone that useth milk is unskinful of the word in the word of righteousness for he is a babe but a baby but strong meat belongeth to them that are full that are of full age even those who by reason of use their sense ex exercise to discern both good and evil well reading christian books yes it's in a sense having already chewed doctrine and or teachings but soon soon enough you'll find yourself being able to digest from the bible much bigger and harder chunks of teaching and again i dare you with this to do it every actually i was about to say at the beginning everything you hear here today i'm telling you don't just take it as granted this is not i'm not a preacher i'm just sharing with you what god how god worked in my life and i dare you to go home and take those things and put them to the test and maybe next month you'll come and like oh well yeah something actually changed because these are not just i don't know ideas and things that for some work for some didn't it may work or it may not these are facts that you are going to do them and they will work one way or another because it is from the bible it is from hundreds of thousands of people personal experience in life i personally tried them as well and they did work and they will work for you as well now the second one would be this kind of the third one but as a that was one b it is to share the gospel well of course if you want to be a core christian we need to share the gospel first we need to read we need to have this good communication and understanding of what we are doing and then sharing it because yeah we've been saved so here's the verse in matthew 28 19 and 20 if someone can read that again for me please okay amen to that every each of us knows that a christian that as a christian this is one of our purpose on this earth to fulfill the great commission and to share the gospel if you ever if you have never heard about this that this is our goal as a christian in this world well you just heard it now and you have no excuse from now on it's in your bible right there which we just read matthew 28 19 and 20 it's right there so if you are not doing this i don't know what kind of christian you are but not a christian according to the bible and why we don't share the gospel why you don't share the gospel i don't know these should be questions that you should be able to be honest yourself and to answer them well some of you that are actually okay okay why i'm not sharing the gospel okay i know i have to do this then they're like okay how how many times or how often some some of you may ask well as often as you can but to give you again a practical like breaking up the the problem will be like okay could you share the gospel 15 times a month that will be one sharing one talk 
every two days. It would be ideal every day. Just think about, okay, let's go back to your life, back to work, on a train, on or driving or at the lunch break, wherever. Can you find one person that is not a Christian and just tell him about Jesus? And what I mean by that is not like, okay, bring the Bible, take him through all the Roman way and all that. No, just somehow bring the subject towards Jesus and just launch a question to him. Like, are you saved? Or like, do you have, don't use the word actually saved because people are like, saved, what do you mean? Like, do you know who Jesus is? Or something about this. And this is what I mean by sharing the gospel. And why I put it this way, it's because you have to understand, and I had to understand first, how easy this is and how kind of things they are when they are breaking down for us. So to do that with someone every day, that will be what, 30 people a month in a year, 365 people in a year, right? And in three years, if we come back here, how many are we in here this morning? About 30 or something, 20? That'll be over 30,000 people in over three years that we just share the gospel by just kind of asking a simple question or by just kind of putting our mind in our mind the fact that, okay, I have to say the gospel or I have to say something about Jesus. It can be either a track or invitation to church or just a question like, okay, do you know who Jesus is or something? So those things, those numbers, they just look very big and whatever. But to me, they make sense. And to me, those were like, it's just me giving, handing out a track every day in three years. That's a thousand people. That's probably more than a repeat preacher in here had the chance to actually sit down and talk to one to one. That's a thousand people in three years that were exposed one way or another to God's word. So if we would even try to do this in three years time, probably this church would not even be here because it would be way too small. And this is not just like kind of all funny thought, wherever this is real. This is you saying something about Jesus to someone every day. That's it. It's as simple as that. And this is one of, this is the second characteristic of a core Christian. So if we want to be core, what do we need to do? Well, first to be a Christian, then read the Bible, read the word, then share the gospel. And then I have another one, which will be listen to sermons. How many of you are listening to any kind of sermon, teaching, recording, whatever? Well, Christian, obviously, uh, in a day, apart from the church. Okay, one hand there, two, three quite a few people that's that's very good and but probably and what's said as you can see around us probably most of the christians they don't listen anything else in terms of preaching but wherever the 45 30 minutes in the church service on sunday and that's pretty much it well now let me ask you something else how long do you listen to the loud voice of this world which is music news shows wherever you listen to this, ask yourself, I don't want you to answer to me. Um, now again, someone may ask, okay, how long I should listen? Or that's what I asked first. Okay. 
how long I should listen? Well, I don't know. I would say a sermon a day, uh, but that's maybe too much for some of us. Let's say 10 minutes a day. So we'll just go with tens. That's a, maybe a sermon every three days. Well, why? Why should we do this? Well, what I, I found it making sense for me, it's because listening to sermons, reading slash listening audiobooks. Yeah, by the way, I can't really read. Yeah, I don't who read a book. I'm listening to audiobooks. So I'm listening 10 minutes every day of a Christian book. Apart from That's part of my devotion as well. So by listening to sermons and reading or listening books, our ability of, uh, to communicate, to connect with others will grow. This is a spiritual food that was already chewed but by the preacher, but it's still food. Spiritual food that we need in order to grow, to survive. As I described earlier, the working out intense spiritual food, that is good, but we need to have something every day because we go to gym, to the gym, right? But after that, what? We don't eat, we don't do anything till the next day or till the day when we go again. No, we still move, we still have our own daily activity and at least we have to eat right. So at least with this, even if it's something lighter, not that intense like the hour or hour and a half every other day, it has to, it should be something and it should be something there, yes, things and doctrines and that we are reminding, remembered of. And I heard this actually, I think it was either a book or something a few days ago um, that was saying that how you can uh, have success in any area, if you're a doctor, an engineer, whatever, to master the basics. Okay, how many of you are mastering the basics? Those Let's call those basics that we just mentioned as far. So if you master those, you're going to be a successful Christian. And it's not like successful Christian. Okay, to some of you maybe sound strange. Okay, successful Christian. What do you mean by successful Christian? What I mean by that, it's to actually live the life that Jesus came to die for. That's why he came. He didn't came here to die for whatever, to give us some eternal life. 80, 90 years after we just struggle and do some stuff in here on this earth. He came to give us an abundant life on this earth as well. And this is the life that you will have if you master the basics. That's it. That's all it takes. A few basic things, you're mastering them and you'll be successful. And this church would be huge and alive. And I'm not saying it's not. But I'm saying that Brother Larry, I see him working so much because there's no one else to help him. And he's wearing himself out. It's not part of the sermon. It's just uh, what I notice. And it kind of hurts me. And I want to do more because of my lifestyle and because the decisions that I haven't taken in this summer. That's why I couldn't help him more. And that's why I couldn't be involved. It's not about any abilities any resources that you, you're saying now maybe, okay, if I'll have time, I don't have time, if I'll have money, no. All what it takes, it's a decision in your heart. I want to do this. You have to have a goal why you want to do this. The goal, the general goal will be like, because Jesus did this for me. But maybe this is not your, your goal and it's 
it's okay if you have different goals. Maybe I want to help Brother Larry because I see him struggling. Maybe I want this to see this church to grow because this is my desire. I want to see grow. I want to see more people. I want to have, I don't know, or I want us to have, uh, I don't know, vacation Bible school every summer, every wherever, spring, Easter, wherever. You can have different goals, but find a goal and a desire in your heart that will move you, will make you to do something. It's, trust me, it's not the money, not the time, not, it's just this little change in your heart. First, you have to have a goal, and you probably heard this as well, and it's not something new. Once you find a goal or a few, write them down. Write them down, put them in front of you every day. Because that will remind you why you're doing what you're doing for Jesus, for my pastor, or for my family, or for my sick wife, or kid, or wherever. Take those goals, put them down on a paper, and go through them every month to see what happened. And as you go through them, you go through life, ask God to give you a way to find a way how you could fulfill this goal. This is all it takes. It's find a goal, a desire in your life, put it down. And then if you want, God will take care of it. Just go through it every month, but not with the attitude, okay, like, well, New Year goal. Okay, well, that, that. You look at again next year, oh, kind of missed that. No, go through it every month and look at it. This is just a something, it's a parenthesis. Then the last one, if you want, or the fifth one, probably you are wondering why I haven't mentioned anything about prayer. Well, why I mentioned about prayer, it's because... This prayer, if you do all those, it's impossible not to be there. And it's impossible not to come by default if you're already starting doing some of those. And here we have a um, few verses, actually. And I want each of you to pick one. The first one is Ephesians 6.18. So if someone reads that, then the next one will be Luke 21.36. The other one is Roman 12.12. 12. Colossians 4.21, amen. And this other one was actually 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray without ceasing. Well, as you see, the Bible is full of verses and verses over verses that are asking us to pray and to pray more and to pray over again and to pray all the time. Maybe now you wonder why the prayer was left the last. Well, first of all, it's because this is not in any hierarchical order necessarily, and because they are all equally important. I would not say, okay, you have to read first, then uh, share, then listen, then whatever. I'll say all of them, each of them every day, a little bit of each every day. Well, why to pray though? Maybe, maybe I'll heard all of you heard that this is important. Some would say it's the most important weapon of a Christian, and more or less, it is. Well, because when we pray, when I pray, first of all, Satan can't stay around for too long, right? So this will be a time when it's like 100% safe zone. Yeah, you're starting to pray, Satan may try to stop you somehow, but if you keep on praying, he will go because you're actually talking to God and God is making sure Satan won't be around. So one aspect of praying, you're praying that you'll be 100% safe, Satan is not attacking you in those moments. And if you wanna have more moments in those, in the days 
in a day when Satan is not around, pray more, pray a few hours so you know you're Satan free, if you want, that you're Satan free zone. He's not attacking you in those, those times. Uh, well, but this will be the first little one, but I let the second one uh, after. So second, and the most important, is that when we pray, we're actually talking to the creator of the universe. This supernatural force, way beyond our understanding that we cannot comprehend, called God, design and build inside each of us this amazing wireless communication tool. This gives us instant accents to his heart. All this for us insignificant creatures comparing to him, and we don't even use it. We only use this as a 911 emergency call when things are spinning out of our control and we're in hospital or we just lost our job or any crisis situation. But this communication system was not designed as an, engine, as an emergency system, but was designed for live streaming 24-7. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but this is what prayer is. Prayer is not like, okay, something went really, really bad, really, really wrong, and I'll just call 911, hey God, help, please, I need help now. No, this is not prayer. Prayer was designed to have, like I said, a 24-7 live stream with God. We're talking to Him all the time. I know when I was a kid, there were those preachers that were praying while they were driving as they were having their eyes open, or there were people that were working on something and they were talking to God. This, now even thinking about this, is very heart-touching to me because, like, just imagine how close that and sweet relationship with God was. You're doing your work, wherever, building something, or driving to work, or wherever you're doing, and you're actually talking to God. How beautiful that is. And I honestly haven't done that much. But it's really, really sweet and really, really nice. And again... I dare you to go and try it at home. This will not come natural. This will not come like you just go walk the street and you try to think as you'll be distracted. This will come after you're having a prayer life. And let's break this down a little bit. Again, someone may ask how long, or that's what I ask, how long I should pray a day? Well, it should not be a, this should not be a question that comes from a Christian that wants to be a core. Is like okay how long I should pray is like how long I should pray to still be okay with God or is it like a little time limit but if you want to take it this way take your Muslim neighbor pray 10 more minutes more than him and you should be fine really but here I have a challenge for you um, that actually kind of God spoke to my heart after the youth conference and I have to admit that I fought with, fought with this and I am not following every day, but they say the revival, it's like a reservoir. Christians, they are keep praying and praying for years and years. And when the reservoir is full, the revival just floods the area. This is the illustration the pastor used. And I challenge you to pray with me for revival. Every day, one minute. Try to do that for one minute every day. Open a timer on your phone, set it for one minute, hit start and start praying. When you hear your phone buzzing, 
say amen. Well, you're going to realize soon and you find out that one minute it's ridiculously short. And you're going to be like, okay, one minute is too short. And then, oh, you want something more. And you guess what? You know how much you're going to need? Maybe 30 more seconds. So pray two minutes. You're going to feel comfortable with that. And if you're not usually praying for revival, you're going to five two minutes a day being like, oh, that's that's good. I, I prayed. Okay. It's all right. That's that's fine. But I challenge you to do this as well with your prayer list. Try to make a prayer list wherever, how many people you want to have there in a day and put the time by them. I suggest to start with one minute. So if you have five people, you have five minutes for each problem individually. So put the prayer request and the time by it and try to pray like that and see what happened. What I found out is like my prayer list grows and my time still staying at one minute, you get 35 minutes, 45 minutes, like, ooh, okay, that's quite a bit of prayer. Well, that's how pretty much your prayer life should look like. And this is praying one minute a day for revival. Start praying with revival. God will change something in your heart, in your mind, when you start praying for revival, then you'll add you kind of see prayer needs around you and you'll start praying and you put one minute here, one minute and a half there, three minutes here. And all of a sudden you find yourself praying for 15 minutes and you're not nearly done. Like, it's very strange. But again, I challenge you, go home and take that phone, one minute, pray for revival. One minute a day. But make sure it's quiet in the room. It's not like this prayer doesn't work when you're driving or when something. This prayer needs to be your quiet time with God. I really, really challenge you to do this as well. So, again, to go through all of them, first of all, oh, one number one, read the Bible, read Christian books, share the gospel, listen to sermons, and together with all this, pray. Five little things that will not take you more than half an hour a day at the beginning it will change your life and it will change the life for those around you first of all it will change the life of this church but before that it will change your life and so to be a core christian an actual christian after god's will an alive christian a person that will taste the christian life the way it was designed and planned by god that's all you need to do read the bible intensely every other day or at least three times a week read 10 pages of a christian book or listen 10 minutes if it's an audio share the gospel to one person a day listen to a sermon or to a preaching 10 minutes a day if you can more for the beginning and pray one minute for revival if you want this is the recipe for a core Christian, which soon will take you to the, you'll see your life actually being changed. And I really, really want to challenge you. And it will be really nice and rejoicing for me if on 9th of November, you'll come to me and tell me what happened in your life after you start doing those. Do those little things every day. It's going to be weird at the beginning. You're like, okay, I'm praying this I'm but I'm going to tell you actually a little secret here if you do any three of those five 
things will still start changing in your life and the other two will follow very soon. So try to start with any of those three. I would suggest you to pick two that you're comfortable with and one which is the less comfortable. But if you do any of those three, things will start to change in your life. And we'll see this soon in our church, not in numbers, but we'll see more, um, how do you say this? Effervescenza. Yeah, more, more fervent people here. That's what we'll see first of all. Um, and you'll see, has to take a decision in your own heart and your own mind. That's it. That's all it takes. Doesn't take money, doesn't take time, doesn't take any other sort of sacrifice. It's just a decision. Decide it, write it down, put it in front of you, revise it every month while you do all those five steps or at least three steps if you cannot. This was a very practical thing to me that I learned this summer more kind of in depth. No, it wasn't a sermon about this and I just, okay, well, that's good. God, God kind of put in my life different situations, different people, different Bible, and it came with this kind of recipe for a core Christian. And this is what I wanted to share with you. Our Lord, I thank you for this morning and thank you for um, giving me strength and power to be able to share everything that you put on my heart. Please, God, help, help us, me first of all, and those who who just heard those thoughts to take them home and actually put them in practice. And please help us to do every single one of those and put our best in this one minute of prayer per day and even like 10 minutes of reading. And please, God, help us to be devoted to you. And I am very excited and look forward to what's going to happen in our life if we do those steps. In your name I pray, God. Amen. Amen.